Hello, and welcome to this edition of the Oregon Wine History Archive podcast. The Oregon Wine History Archive is located at Linfield College in McMinnville, Oregon, and is dedicated to preserving and sharing the Oregon wine story. This podcast will share these stories through oral history interviews we've conducted throughout the industry. Please enjoy these stories. I think I got interested in wine the way a lot of people do. They, they are served wine somewhere or, or they're involved in some activity they, where wine is served and they wonder, okay, how does anyone know anything about this? Then in the early 70s, I tasted one of the first Oregon Chardonnays and was absolutely shocked at the quality. It was, it was so different from the other wines that were coming out of the United States, mostly from California. And it reminded me so much of the Burgundies. I immediately went out and started talking to people who were getting started. Then, of course, uh, we started hearing about people in Oregon uh, starting to plant Pinot Noir and Chardonnay. uh, And we just thought, that sounds good. Um, In the spring, early spring of 1980, John and Sally were on some kind of a medical convention and they they met uh, met a guy in Southern California who was a member of the Brotherhood of the Knights Divine. And uh, uh, this was one of of the chapters and they, they they flew down to uh, Beverly Hills and joined the Beverly Hills chapter came back and said, you got to join this. we got to start a chapter up here. Mm. Okay. So we did. Uh, One of the things about the, the uh, Brotherhood is that it's a, a, a conglomeration of winemakers, people who are in the retail business and winemaking, anything that has to do with the wine industry, along with a lot of people who just care about those things, care about those people, care about what they're doing. And so we became kind of the rally squad for the Oregon wine industry early on. I like the, the tradition, the history, and the um, feeling of, of camaraderie, being part of, of something that was connected to the industry but not totally part of the industry. It, because it's a fantastic group. It's, it's both from a social and a professional standpoint, it's one of the best groups I've ever been involved with. And the people stay because wine brings people together in such a beautiful way. And it's, we make friends that we have for life. There's some funny stories about the wine groups. Originally when they were formed, the wine tasting groups, the idea was that every year the groups would get reformed. So you'd have an opportunity to spend time with other members of the, of the Wine Brotherhood. So our group was one of the very first ones and none of us knew each other. And after the first year, where he said, well, you can't split us up. We want to stay in our group. And almost every group felt the same way. So that was 20 years ago. And the friends that we made over wine and food are now dear friends who we'll have for life. It really happened because those of us who were in the industry realized that 
we needed to have trained people coming along to fill a lot of jobs in the industry. And although the, the other schools around the world are, are really good, they don't necessarily teach people how to make wine or how to grow grapes in Oregon. And we thought it was important to be able to have that focus locally. Programs. And so we've expanded to so many different colleges now and, and changed the program so that not just that aspect is there, but to directly fund projects that support the wine industry. So it's, it's a natural fit. And one of the things that I think is kind of fun about it at the Commander's Coffee every year when we talk about the new members coming in and we talk about the scholarship program, I've always felt that, I say in fun, that this is guaranteeing that we will have good wine to drink as we get older and we and other people are moving into the industry. It's a, it's a self-interest kind of thing, <laughs> but it really is so much more than that and it's, it's really well supported by the membership, which I think is fantastic. that they started including women <laughs> because when uh, Joe first joined the Brotherhood he, he, he was the member and I, I tagged along uh, and I didn't really want to become a gentle lady of the vine which was <laughs> the option at that time and I can so, attest she's not gentle <laughs> <laughs> so then they then they decided to include another category for master lady of the vine and I thought well okay I'll go for that <laughs> my wife and I have kind of taken over the role of historians for the organization uh, partly because we don't want to see it uh, div divert from some of the the original goals of uh, pageantry and history uh, celebration we we want to make sure that that old world element continues on even into the 21st and 22nd centuries uh, it's just something we don't want to see lost uh, because it's it's pretty easy to talk about the commercial end of of any kind of business like winemaking uh, and it's become a huge business and i just don't want to see it lose that intimacy and history and pageantry that we've brought it. Thank you for joining us for this edition of the Oregon Wine History Archive podcast. And thank you to all the supporters, partners, donors, and interviewees who have made our project a success. Be sure to check out our website at OregonWineHistoryArchive.org for more interviews, plus photographs, wine labels, and more. And stay tuned for more interviews as we tell the story of Oregon wine. The Oregon Wine History Archive podcast is brought to you by the Oregon Wine History Archive at Linfield College. The executive producer is Kiana Anderson. Producers are Rich Schmidt, Rachel Woody, Stephanie Hoffman, and Camille Weber. And a special thanks to all the Linfield Archive students who have contributed to these oral history interviews over the years.